HP's Population Health IT solutions are creating convenience and choice for providers and patients. Building on over 50 years in health and life sciences, HP is delivering end-to-end -end solutions for remote care and in-home monitoring. Supporting the transition to home, chronic disease management, medication adherence, health education, and remote clinical trial monitoring. HP Fit Solutions, your single source for cost-effective, technology-enabled, remote care solutions, and financing services. Visit www.hp.com go slash healthcare. That's www.hp.com go slash healthcare for more details. Welcome back to the podcast. And in today's population health series brought to you by HP's Population Health IT Solutions, we have a privilege of hosting a very special guest. His name is Dr. Jacques Podenou. He is a cardiovascular surgeon specializing in global health system innovation with an emphasis on addressing rheumatic heart disease. Currently, he's a faculty member at Harvard Medical School and an adjunct professor of surgery at the University of Ghana. Dr. Podenou's interests lie in biomedical discoveries, modernizing the operating room via novel design and growing the global capacity of cardiac surgeons, especially in emerging countries with his work in global cardiac surgery. In addition to writing medical textbooks and his research work, Dr. Podenou is a key opinion leader in design and advanced hybrid cardiac surgical rooms and biomedical innovation. And he's passionate about advocating for the use of telehealth services, especially in African nations. Dr. Podenou is frequently quoted in the Orange County Register, American Health Journal, and holds leadership positions with the Society of Thoracic Surgeons and the American College of Cardiology. He's based in Boston. And he sits on the Diversity and Inclusion Committee for the American College of Cardiology and the Society of Thoracic Surgery. And he's helped to raise millions of dollars to finance the construction of advanced robotic hybrid operating rooms, both here in the United States and in Africa. And as we discuss the topic of population health, we have to consider the applications of artificial intelligence as well as remote robotics and what roles those, those things play within, within population health and, and when caring for people in remote areas or even areas where access to care is not as robust, uh, such as in areas in, in Africa and even in, in, uh, in rural cities within the United States. So in the interview that we have today, I think you're going to enjoy it because of the breadth of knowledge and experience that Dr. Potenu brings. And uh, again, just want to introduce him here on this very special series brought to you by HP Population Health IT Solutions. Such a pleasure to have you here, uh, Dr. Potenu. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. So what's on your mind? And, 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 you know, I'm just curious, well, firstly, you know, you've, you've had a tremendous amount of success in, in the space. What is it that inspires your work in, in healthcare? Well, so thank you so much for uh, inviting me to this podcast. I'm delighted to share uh, some of my thoughts in healthcare. So to answer your question, I grew up in a family, you know, my dad was a doctor. Uh, he was a cardiologist the first cardiologist in Ghana. 
so I grew up in a family where, uh, you know, medicine was, was around me. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so my early years were obviously influenced by, you know, by having a dad uh, who was definitely a pioneer uh, in his field. So that, that is how I got into the field of medicine and specifically cardiovascular. Again, I think the influence from, uh, you know, from my dad. So it's been a journey and it continues to be an evolving journey. I think that's so great that that influence that your parents could have on you. And, and, you know, it's, it's not an easy road. So kudos to you for, for staying committed and, and not only just getting there, but, but doing extraordinary things while you've been doing what you're doing. What, what would you say out of the things that you've done and, and you've learned What's been the thing that's added the most value to, to the healthcare ecosystem and, and how can we break that down for the listeners to learn from it? Well, uh, you know, healthcare is complex. I mean, if anyone tells you it's easy, they're not telling you the truth. It's, it's, it is really complex and it, it's, it's, it's multifactorial. So at the end of the day, uh, we all want to provide some kind of value uh, to people's lives. And, 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 and value means different things to, to different people. The fundamental thing is, you know, we, we've got to provide access to healthcare and we have to be able to deliver quality healthcare. So uh, if you have that as your basic uh, principle, then everything that you do should be factored on what's the ultimate value you bring, you know, to people's lives. So I, I think, you know, we're in a very interesting time. There's a lot of innovation happening, especially in the digital health space. There's, there, there is innovation happening uh, in terms of payments. There's also innovation happening in terms of uh, how people access care. So I think bringing all these things together takes time. Uh, but ultimately, I think innovation is going to help us to get there. Totally agree. And, and, you know, two of the the topics that have just come up and continue to come up over and over is, is around, as you mentioned earlier, AI and machine learning, robotic surgery, right? Is this the future? Is this, is this where things are going and and how is this applicable to, to the population health agenda? Yes. So this, this is a very important question. And I think this is where I think healthcare is headed. So population health, managing large populations of patients and preventing people from getting sick is ultimately where we want to go. So we want to move away from sick care to actually keeping people healthy. And uh, to do that, I think uh, we're going to have to enable artificial intelligence into, into what we do. So for example, right now, to look at x-ray images, a radiologist usually will read the images for you. But now we can use embedded artificial intelligence where we can actually train machines to read x-rays. And so, which means that, you know, if you, if you consider yourself in some part of Africa where you don't have a radiologist, for example, or you don't have access to multiple specialists, uh, that an x-ray could be sent through a wireless network uh, and uh, read remotely, uh, you know, either by a physician here in the U.S. or by embedding AI, you could have actually a diagnosis right there at the point mm-hmm. of care. 
So that might be one of the uh, areas where I, I think artificial intelligence is going to be helpful in terms of how we interpret data. It's also going to be helpful in terms of predicting disease uh, much earlier. And then when you apply AI with 5G networks, which I think yes. is going to be up and coming, then it might be possible now to look at robotics, uh, remote robotics, right? Where I could remotely operate on someone uh, in a remote space or in a remote country because the speed, the 5G speed, uh, the transfer of the instruments from my hand to the machine in a different location will be fast enough that you could actually do uh, remote surgeries. So that's where I think some of the future innovation is going to happen. Another area might be 3D printing, where we might be able to 3D print different prostheses, for example, like a, like a hip prosthesis to replace a hip mm-hmm. uh, or, uh, or implant or, or, or 3D print, you know, maybe a heart valve in the future. Uh, or even 3D, 3D print uh, a heart. So th- this is all research work that's ongoing. And, and I believe that that's where we might see uh, future advances in, in medicine. That's very interesting, Jacques. And you know, d- just to think about this future that may not even be that far away, you know, where you overlay artificial intelligence with robotic surgery. Now you're talking about increasing access. Yes, that's, that's that's correct. Amazing, right? Exactly. And so this this will help us, you know, treat many people who currently don't have access to uh, that kind of care. So one of my my passions is global global health, mm-hmm. uh, global surgery, meaning providing access to care to those who currently are not able to receive care. And, and I believe that using AI and robotics might enable more people to have access to care in very remote locations and places where traditionally um, they would not. So that's why I see the, uh, the future of, uh, you know, embedded AI in systems, robotic surgery, and, and most importantly, all this will, will happen with 5G networks when, once we have uh, you know, 5G networks in place. It's really an interesting topic. And as we, as we think about this at the system level, right? I mean, the, the healthcare is transforming. And, and so what do these types of changes mean to, to today's healthcare system administrators? And, and, and what do these changes mean to technology providers as a whole? Yeah, so I think the current, if you're a healthcare administrator or if you're a leader of a healthcare system, you're going to have to be very much in tune with all the, the, the advances in, 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 in technology that, that is happening. For, for example, as I mentioned, uh, you, know, you can currently uh, remotely have a consultation in a remote part of the world, mm-hmm. which means that if you are a healthcare system administrator of a healthcare system, you could potentially open up your, your healthcare system outside your walls, right? So you could be uh, 
uh, let's say, Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, which is based in Boston. Yes. So then you can open up Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to, you know, to Africa, to Asia, to other places, just by the fact that through digital health, telemedicine, for example, someone in China uh, can have a consultation with a physician here in Boston. So uh, having that ability to understand what technology can do for you and how you leverage it for the good and providing value can, can enable you to be a bit more uh, innovative in terms of, of, of your role. So systems that are still stuck in the old way of uh, healthcare administration where you know a patient has to come into my doors before we actually have a patient you know physician encounter you know that model is changing and so i think you have to understand you know what 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 current technology uh, there is what is available to you and how you can be disruptive how you can partner with pharmaceuticals with uh, device companies to innovate together not mm-hmm. in isolation and then how you can provide uh, those technology uh, as as you know as a value based proposition to your members so i think it's an exciting time for for healthcare healthcare system leaders who are very innovative transformative to actually go into new markets and uh, and make new uh, and develop new businesses in medicine. Dr. Potonu, that's really insightful. And and uh, as we think about uh, hospitals, I mean, gosh, I, I, my mind just keeps going to the analogy of blockbuster brick and mortar to Netflix streaming. I mean, it just it just feels like with all of the technology that we have and and the willingness of of, of tech companies as well as med device companies. Um, and employers wanting more for their healthcare care dollar, the, the, the hospitals of today are, are, are going to transform in the short term. Yeah, I, I think so. I think there's a lot of pressure on hospitals. Um, uh, as you know, there's a lot of mergers, um, you know, larger health systems acquiring smaller hospitals. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be a lot of consolidation of care to you know, high volume centers for certain procedures and certain, you know, kind of uh, treatments. And it, it has its positives and its negatives too. Right. But uh, at the end of the day, I think, you know, with technology, we may also see more patients being treated at home, you know, using what we call uh, with home monitoring systems, mm-hmm. uh, remote monitoring and so it could be possible that in the future, you know, most of your care will actually happen at home with all these mirrors in your in your home uh, where you can communicate with a physician, uh, where your vitals are, you know, streamed wirelessly miles away. And, and, and so, yes, I think that there's a lot there's a lot of change that's going to happen. But one of the barriers will, will have to be, um, you know, how we pay for it. Uh, whether it's reimbursed or not, and um, you know, and then insurance, uh, you know, insurance organizations are going to have to uh, be part of that. And so, what it, it's interesting because when you see big companies like Amazon getting into the drug space, into the pharmaceutical space, 
uh, and you see Apple getting into the uh, uh, you know into the healthcare space. Yes, uh, and you see Google also trying to do the same thing. Uh, you know, we don't know where all this will end, but uh, I mean, where all this will evolve, but. But definitely, the traditional uh, way of providing healthcare is going to change for sure. Mm-hmm. Wow, I agree. And and uh, and so you've had such a such a, a, a rich career in in both as a physician caring for patients, but also as an innovator and uh, and a contributor to to knowledge in, in healthcare. What what would you say is is one of the biggest setbacks? You've had personally, or or maybe even we've had as an industry uh, around innovation that we could learn from and take note as as all these new innovations uh, uh, help us and and potentially challenge us. You know, innovation is not easy. Anytime you try to disrupt, uh, whether it's an industry or or to change, uh, you know, the pattern of thinking that exists for the day. Uh, you are you are most likely going to f- be faced with resistance, uh, and uh, and in fact, innovators, uh, it takes a lot to innovate because not only should you have the idea, but you ha- also have to convince everyone around you why they must follow. Uh, yes, you know, with you, and that takes time, mm-hmm. uh, and and for many, they may not have the patience to. To uh, you know, to stay on course, and for those that do, the rewards may not be immediate, right? It could be it could take quite a long time for for those rewards. So uh, applying that to to you know to myself, you know, I like to think of myself as wearing different hats. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I like to innovate. I like you know, I like to take care of patients, and I like to be forward thinking in my. In my thoughts and 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 as as I've mentioned, that may not be the the current thing of the day. So a lot of times you have to innovate outside your your ecosystem. By that I mean, you, you have to do what you are tasked to do and what you your your current task is. Mm-hmm. But then you have to find ways and means to do what you need to do outside. Right, uh, yes. because sometimes it's just difficult to to convince or to bring an idea into, let's say, your workplace and say, "Well, this is how we're going to do things." This period of you know trial and error uh, that you must go through, and, and sometimes, like I said, there's no reward for it. Right? It only the only reward may happen maybe maybe in five, ten, fifteen years time when you you know people say, "Oh, yeah, I mean, five, ten, fifteen years ago." Uh, you know, we remember. You know, this this person said this, and this person was doing that. So, so that's the hard part of innovation. It's that it has to be part of you, and you have to be willing to stick to it, and be convinced by your convictions that what you're doing is 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 the way to go. And and it does take time to get uh, people to to uh, to jump on board. Yeah. No, that's a uh, very insightful. And, um, you know, something that we should keep in mind as, as we pursue uh, our, our interest in, in furthering the, the benefits provided through AI, machine learning, robotic surgery, whatever your focus is, you know, ideas alone are not enough. You've got to get enough followers and having that passion, like, like Dr. Potanu mentioned, is, is, is vital 
for the success of it. What would you say you're most excited about today? Well, I, I, I am excited about the future of healthcare, of medicine, uh, you know, AI, you know, 3D printing, robotics, new ways of uh, financing, global health, you know, all those are all exciting areas. These are all areas for innovation, basically, mm-hmm. right? These are areas where, uh, you know, you can choose an area that you're passionate about and, and focus your work and your research along those lines to solve particular problems. So it's it's not just, you know, using the technology uh, because you can use the technology, but it has to be focused on, you know, solving a particular problem. So in my case, uh, in my, from my standpoint, as a cardiac surgeon, I'm, I'm very much uh, interested in, in uh, you know, using uh, AI and digital health tools to help people manage, you know, their blood pressure, for example. Yes. Um, you know, can they get notifications when to take their blood pressure, when to take their medications, as a coaching assistant, or even use use of chatbots, you know, to help them, you know, to better manage their chronic conditions. I am also very passionate about uh, heart valve disease, you know, using newer ways to uh, replace heart valves using, uh, without opening the chest, uh, what we call transcardital valve replacement. And, and then the next uh, years of my, where I see the next future years of my career, uh, I would like to focus more of my work on Africa, mm-hmm. uh, on improving uh, cardiovascular care uh, in Africa by training people, uh, building a robust health systems and partnering with industry to do that. Wow. Well, you're a big thinker, Jacques, and I uh, really appreciate you sharing your thoughts and, uh, and you're also a big doer. And so I want to, I want to thank you for, for the, for the things that you've done to make healthcare better for, for people, but also the continued thinking that you do. So before we conclude, uh, just share a closing thought with the listeners, something that, that could inspire them to, to, to think bigger and, and do more. And, and then, um, and then we could conclude. Thank you so for, for this, uh, uh, opportunity. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited that uh, for the opportunity to speak to your uh, to your wide audience. Uh, but what I will I'll conclude by saying, uh, you know, to to all who are interested in in innovation and in changing paradigm, is that once you have an idea, uh, as you mentioned, it's not just enough to have the idea, but uh, importantly, a big part of of that is uh, getting people on board, uh, getting followers, getting people who, who are passionate, uh, you know, people who are your, your evangelist, yes. uh, if, 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 if I will say. And then once you can get, an, uh, you know, a number of people on board, I think together, uh, then you can solve, you know, bigger problems. We can do it on our own. You know, if anyone says he, can, he or she can do it on their own, it's usually bound to, to fail. But I think we can do more together. And, and, and so what I will say is have an idea, get a couple of uh, you know, enthusiasts or evangelists uh, on your train, and then together map out a path forward. And uh, again, you know, it's, it's, it's a time, 
it's a time thing. It's it's not it's not immediate results. It may take time, but I think the journey itself is uh, going to be worthwhile. Love it, Dr. Podanu. Really appreciate the the words of wisdom and um, and. And Dr. Podnu, wh- where's the best place where people could uh, get get in touch with you to continue the conversation? You can follow me on my Twitter handle, which is at Jacques Podnu, which is J-A-C-Q-U-E-S-K-P-O-D-O-N-U. Or uh, you can also reach me on LinkedIn, and it's going to be Jacques Podnu uh, on LinkedIn. Outstanding. We will have that as well in the show notes. So just go to outcomesrocket.health and type in HP Thought Leadership, and you'll see uh, Dr. Jacques Potonu's Twitter handle as well as uh, his uh, link to his LinkedIn profile. Uh, really appreciate your time here, Dr. Potonu. Looking forward to staying in touch. Thank you very much, Saul, and have a good evening. HP's Population Health IT solutions are creating convenience and choice for providers and patients. Building on over 50 years in health and life sciences, HP is delivering end-to-end solutions for remote care and in-home monitoring. Supporting the transition to home, chronic disease management, medication adherence, health education, and remote clinical trial monitoring. HP Fit Solutions, your single source for cost-effective, technology-enabled, remote care solutions, and financing services. Visit www.hp.com slash go slash healthcare. That's www.hp.com slash go slash healthcare for more details.